How we doing, Mentionables? We fancy ourselves in autumn. Yes, and we fancy we ourselves fancy in ourselves autumn. We fancy ourselves in autumn. Yeah, it's the fall, so I just that's, uh, that's what I came up with. So, Mentionables, Ryan, Josh, I, li- uh, I, I watched a Netflix movie Does recently. Does that mean we're not a Mentionable? No, you are not. I watched a Netflix movie recently that I thought was pretty good, but it it, it had serial killer. It's a uh, no no murders. Inheritance is the name of it. It's a thriller. And uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's an older movie. Older, older is it? Older, I shouldn't say that. Uh, like a couple years old. Yeah, I don't want to spoil anything as usual, but it has one of those scenarios where zero spoilers. The dad leaves a tape for the daughter that is like explaining to her some shit that she needs to know or whatever. Why is it in every movie where somebody has like left a message for their their daughter or son or whatever? It's always super cryptic. I knew where you were going with it. I knew that's what you were going to say. If you're listening to this, I'm probably missing or worse, dead. And am I going to tell you anything about I recorded why? this video to leave you a cryptic message in case something mysterious were to happen to me. I have plenty of time to record this, but I'm going to give you as little information as possible. I fucked up. Shit's fucked up. Good luck, and I'm sorry. That's basically yeah, what it was. Yeah, that's pretty much. And usually, there's no. They don't. They don't actually reveal anything no, other than that they they're don't revealing something. Right. It's just uh, you're fucked. I'm fucked. We're all fucked. Yeah. Yeah. Good Sometimes luck. it's just like you know. Even then, it like cuts off at the like. If you're hearing this, then I'm missing. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> it stops. well, yeah, dude. We know that you're missing. That's the whole fucking point of this. Like, your tape didn't give me any information, Dad. I'm probably missing, or worse. Dead. Expelled. That's a funny, <laughs> I, I, that's a funny <laughs> idea. Uh, you know, if you're reading this, I'm probably dead. And like, he like, pans up and like looks over and he's sitting right next to him <laughs> at the campfire. <laughs> like, so you're not dead. <laughs> yeah, like, what is the circumstance that when you... If you're reading this, I'm probably dead. Like, you, you're pretty sure that I would be dead if you're reading this. But you're not positive? Not Ooh, positive. Not positive. Here's the real twist. When you get that note and it says if you're reading this... I'm still alive. If I'm, re- if you're reading this, you're probably dead. Whoa! Oh, now we're talking. Welcome back to Not to Mention Podcast. I'm Ryan. I'm Josh. And I'm Colin. And this week... He is Colin. I am. This week, we are diving into fork, folklore and nursery rhymes folklore. and... Folklore. Folklore. <laughs> Lore about forks. <laughs> uh, this entire episode is about forks and its creation and all the lore behind it. Uh, urban legends, legends, myths, etc. I mean, ever since we were little... Our grandma used to tell us like folklore stories about Celts and like uh, Leprechaun. Ireland Scotland and Scotland. And Ireland, yeah. Oh yeah, um, definitely sure. something I've always been interested in, and I think we've taken even more of an interest in it now that those things have started to like kind of find their way into the horror movie genre or the horror world in general. Well, not started to. I feel like that's kind of always well, yeah, been true a thing. I mean, yeah, you know, and we're starting to learn the passion about only grows stronger the uh, fucked up origins of some of these tales and, and that's always fascinating uh, I'm starting in Russia there is a uh, there are a lot of 
tales in Russia, a lot of folklore in Russia. Yeah, I mean, I could see that, especially and, with like I feel like radiation. Not to like bring up that whole thing. Oh, but, I mean, there's lo- boatloads of yeah. like urban legends and stuff involving radiation yeah, and shit Chernobyl, for sure. Yeah, of course. A lot of the reason there's so much is because Russia is such a big place and it has so many Dude. different peoples. And a lot of it though is is very like intertwined. A lot of the same characters, a lot of similarities. Unfortunately, it's really hard to find like really good literature on it in English and I I was only able to get like rough ideas of uh, some of these stories but the first one is about the cat Bayoun. It's a giant mystical cat that lives in a faraway land perched atop a tall metal post. Nice. Okay like a like a kitty scratching post? (laughs) Yes a scratching post. I was thinking cat Bayou. Uh, he has a beautiful voice, and his singing can be heard for miles away. Mm. If you hear it, you're likely to fall asleep and never awake again, because he's going to eat you. However, if you can manage to stay awake long enough to catch him, which is a whole other process we'll get into, he has the ability to soothe and heal any illness. In a lot of the stories, protagonists are sent to the cat for one reason or another as a way of getting rid of them, which I find hilarious. They're just like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're sick? Oh, go find Bayou. He'll help you frick off. Uh, just make sure you bring a suit of armor and some metal rods to beat him with. Apparently, that's that's how it's done. Oh what? <laughs> I was going to say a GoPro to make a TikTok video with him because it's probably going to go viral, right? Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. absolutely. I, I just want to say real quick, I, I always seen knew some cats were assholes. Cats are definitely assholes. Oh, yeah. And I mean... He's definitely this... the kind of cat that would, like, push shit off of the table. Yeah, yeah. and we're not looking. even talking shit. Like, cats know they're assholes. Oh, oh yeah. 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 All, the, ca- oh, all yeah. the cats that are listening right now, they're like, yes, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Ask a cat, and I guarantee you, he'll be like, "Yeah, I'm kind of a dick." Fucking <laughs> goddamn it! Uh, so yeah, the the, the way that it works is uh, you have to like bring a metal helmet, sometimes like three layers deep, like three metal helmets on top of each other in case he pierces. That doesn't through, seem logical. In case he pierces through the first one, you know, uh, you uh, you know, a suit of armor in general is probably advisable, and you have to bring three metal rods for some reason to beat him with. Okay. Into, yeah. into yeah. submission. Here's, in case you wear the first well, and the second rod, metal rod out, you're going to yeah. need well, the third, third one. one. <laughs> in the stories, he hits him with the metal rods and nothing, ha- it doesn't phase him. He, he's he like is a, a magical cat. He's, okay. he's like a lion I cat, thought like a that. mountain cat. That's why you need three metal bars. I just feel like if the first two metal bars didn't work, is the third one really going to... You know, I'm not sure what the, what the logic is there. So, but, uh, here's... I'm picturing, you know, Sir Brian goes out there. Let's just say he's a very lanky gentleman. He's like 6'2". He's a skinny guy. Okay. He's in a suit of armor, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Gangly. Yeah. He's got a long, you know, long, thin neck. Not a whole lot of muscle. Yeah. He's managed I'm picturing Pete Davidson in a suit of armor right now. I don't know why. Sir Pete (laughs) is out there, and he's got three helmets on. And he's managed to stay awake long enough to get close to the cat. Right, right. And assumedly, those three helmets are not necessarily the lightest helmets, right? I mean, these are... Like medieval time helmets. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, sure. I've never put picture, a, a helmet on, but I'm assuming uh, they're rather heavy. I picture Sir Pete walking up to this cat, and just his head is kind of just like, just like, like dangling around, like, head, like just like he's trying broken, to hold it up, but, but he can't because it's so heavy. <laughs> he's holding these these poles that he's got to use. I just, 
I don't know, man. It doesn't okay, seem okay. So to me. three helmets. Sometimes it works, and they are killed. They send them like off there. Oh, go get the cat, and you know they never come back. Sometimes it backfires, and the hero ends up, you know, getting what he wants from the cat. And in some stories, the cat even becomes his best friend, follows him around, singing, healing people, and fucking up his enemies. Well, that's a change. I know. Actually, that's weird. That almost sounds awesome. like a tanuki, like singing and, and I don't know. I guess not healing people or yeah. whatever, but stealing their money. Uh, he does actually. He will knock you out and steal your money. What? Totally. This actually does sound like a tanuki <laughs> yeah. now. Kind of does now that you mention it. Yeah. Our next subject is chort. And our next <laughs> short? subject would be... Chort. Jorts? It's short. Good, because I, I am on a schedule. I've is, actually got a... Uh, it is tonight. actually short. It's short and sweet. The chort is short. The uh, jort, appearance <laughs> has an appearance of a classic, uh, you know, devil-like hook. Hooves, oh, nice. Yes. Tail, probably barbed tail, horns, the whole nine yards. All right. Uh, in many, Sick. In many stories, they are seen teasing their victims into selling their soul for money, fame, or fortune. Uh, they pop up all over the place in a lot of different stories but the main theme is usually the greedy bad guy gets what's coming to him or the hero tricks the chort and comes out on top in some of the more modern tales they portray the chort as working with the hero to beat the bad guy but he usually has an alternate alternative agenda there he wants more uh, souls to ferry into hell and the hero is his means to an end basically okay so uh you know he's using the hero to get the bad guys in hell basically using and abusing him yep yep classic 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 uh, it's classic demon. <laughs> Chorts kind of, uh, it's Gene, said, it's made their way. Jorts. I don't know how it's actually pronounced, Gene to be honest. I might Shorts. be saying it wrong. But uh, it could be like short or something for all I know. It could be like short. You know, like we were saying, it I sounds don't know. like Gene Shorts to me, it, buddy. <laughs> it could even be, it could even be Court. I don't know, but uh, a it lot might of be Zort. Oh, you know, I Zort! Don't, I don't. Know. I like Zort. It could be. I okay, hope it's Zort. Let's move past that. Uh, no, yeah. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of accounts say that like they they ended up making their way into early Christianity as like uh, underling demons that would terrorize and fuck with people and stuff like that. But yeah, that's the Chort. Uh, the only uh, other thing I really wanted to talk about about russia is uh magic carpets apparently magic carpets were a big thing in russia uh russian folklore just as much as they were in like persian folklore and stuff like that something that somebody pointed out that i thought was kind of funny is there's never really much of an explanation or an origins with any of the magic carpets in these stories they just are they're just there they don't nobody ever explains where the magic carpet came from who owned it before why it can fly or has a mind of its own so that that makes me wonder does then the author have no fucking clue where that came from yes. like you know he's like don't ask me i don't know i just you know it's I, a thing i came up with it i wrote it down or is it because not everyone already knew like no one was asking that question because you know what i mean like uh it was common knowledge yeah yeah but you know that in itself is very weird how is that sort of thing ryan's looking at me like what the fuck are you talking about no but, i was just thinking about that concept of like everybody's like yeah fucking george he lives around the corner He's the guy who makes all the magic. What, you don't know that? like, But <laughs> but somehow that name just kind of escapes all historical writing. Yeah. yeah I, that seems odd. a little odd. Yeah, there's no magic carpet maker with like magic threads somewhere in a magic shop and a magic spool. And yeah, yeah no, it, I don't know. Uh, this seems a little sussy to me. 
uh, all I know is magic carpets have very mysterious origins, and uh, if anybody has any information about that, I'd love to know. I've also heard that when you sit on a magic carpet, Aladdin songs immediately start playing, and it's wonderful. Actually, you just, you, um, you <laughs> uncontrollably start just singing Aladdin. <laughs> Even if you don't songs, know the words, it just, it just starts comes coming out. out of your oh, mouth. No. And actually singing really well, like better than you've ever sang in your life. <laughs> and if, if you're it's like, me, like I can't sing at all. So And if it's like you and a bro, then one of you is probably gonna sound like Jasmine, so be ready for that. It's gonna it might freak you out a little bit. <laughs> that would be awesome to see though. <laughs> I really just really quick, I like short uh it just this is super important actually. Yeah, very reminds, important. Go <laughs> ahead. Super important. I'm take sorry your time. to interrupt you, Ryan. Yeah, I know. yeah, no, take your time. But uh it reminds me of Chortle the Pokemon, who I feel like it's just like a little kid saying his name, like Chortle. Do you guys, <laughs> Chortle. Do you guys want to see my Chortle? <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's what I think every time I see that Pokemon. <laughs> That's how you're supposed to say that. I went with Africa. I felt like we were, a lot of our podcast has uh, revolved, at least when it comes to the folklore, mysteries, things uh, like Japan. and A lot of Japan. Uh, some of our menstrual mysteries have, you know, gone through like UK and like I think France even was like, met, well, no, Spring Heel Jack was. Spring Heel. Jack, Jack was UK, UK, UK Victorian yeah. era. Yeah, so it. yeah, you know, I, I just felt like we had touched on certain parts of the world, and so we wanted to fan out a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I'm trying to diversify. And, yeah, and you know, I, I looked into Australia and uh, Aboriginal lore and stuff like that before. So I thought, you know, it, this is always a great learning experience. So I went with Africa, and the first one I found was the man-eating tree of Madagascar swallows oh, human sacrifices. Yes, what? according to legend, Polish biologist Doctor I. As always, apologize for butchering any names. Don't even worry, a Polish doctor. A Polish doctor, (laughs) Fredlowski, received a very strange letter in the early 1870s. It was from a German explorer named Karl Leach, who claimed to have seen something horrific in Madagascar. Ooh. Leach claimed that this he had been... This is in the 1800s? Yeah, apparently. Oh, very I, cool. Honestly, I bet there's a lot of horrific things, like if you don't already know about a lot of the species in yeah, Madagascar yeah, and stuff like that, yeah, I guess that would be kind of, you know... Intense. Intense, yeah. Leach, it might be Leach, eh? Leach, either way, claimed that he had been living with the researching, living with and researching a tribe called the Muktos. Members of the tribe took him to a tree they called the Tepe, where they started a ritual. The tree was oddly shaped with tentacle-like leaves sprouting from its trunk suddenly a woman was pushed towards it she climbed to the top of the tree drank a liquid that was trickling this sounds out like of- mother willow from uh pocahontas <laughs> i was definitely trying to, i was definitely trying to picture this tree drank a liquid that was trickling out of its center and the tentacles became uh, started to come to life they surrounded her immediately. She was completely... Dude, this in- totally sounds like Mother Willow in Pocahontas. She was completely ensnared, her body hidden from view by the leaves that gripped her. All Leech could hear was her screams. He wrote, The retracted leaves of the great tree kept their upright posi- position during ten days. Then when I came one morning, they were prone again. The tendrils stretched, the palpy floating, and nothing but a white skull at the foot of the tree to remind me of the sacrifice that had taken place. Wow. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, That's a right? really cool first-hand account. And, and the even- first one that you found, too. Yeah, yeah. Even if it's, uh, you know, complete garbage, like, I love the story. Very cool, like, fantasy kind of-esque thing going on there. Well, no, it definitely, 
I didn't find like background stuff to it. And I mean, that's another thing. Like, does it need a background? Like the whole magic carpet thing. Like it just exists, yeah. right? You know, folklores yeah. are what they are because of right. the, the it stories be being folklore co- if we had right. more background. And in. generally <laughs> speaking, the things that we don't understand are dismissed or not dismissed, but explained away by magic or something. You know, I mean, yeah. you don't have to explain a magic carpet. Magic is in the fucking name. <laughs> yeah. You know what I <laughs> right? mean? Like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> there are uh, a few different cultures. I'm I believe there's probably many of them around the world but, uh, that I know of a few different cultures that do the like tree monster yeah, thing oh, yeah, like yeah, Ents yeah. or whatever yeah, from yeah. Tolkien and I th- I read about another one and it's, those things that sort of thing creeps me out only I think mostly because if you do su- see a weird tree and like not even like in mythology or folklore or whatever also just in general like you know trees are kind of like a revered thing like big or old or weird trees right. are kind of oh, like yeah. a revered or like, sp- like kind of a spiritual place and I was just thinking like i'm not even i don't think there's anything really supernatural about or you know off about the trees but i'm already weirded out yeah by yeah. a creepy looking tree yeah definitely you know? i can agree with that luande national park malawi so this one i i kept this one mainly because I, it almost sounds like the other tree situation that we had going on and i thought it was interesting that there was like another very similar uh lore going on uh and i i thought maybe they were in the same area maybe that's i you know i don't know i didn't right. fact check super hard but it's in this national park stands a tree which unbeknownst to many has a dark past since the 50s local communities have been disposing of the bodies of lepers by throwing them down the hollowed tree trunk according to belief burying lepers in normal graves will result in the disease spreading through the earth to the rest of the community when visiting the tree at the base of the something hill look down into its trunk where bones and skulls of the disease still lie oh wow right it's not necessarily much of a folklore i guess uh but it it was interesting to me that like there's this folklore about a tree that eats that people, eats people and then you and have then this have tree this... where you can find human remains yeah. inside right it just kind of feeds kind of almost uh, fits yeah feeds yeah. the fuel a little well bit and which that. is kind of what i was gonna say earlier like if we knew enough about it to give you more information it wouldn't be folklore mm. because it wouldn't be that crazy yeah We'd know the real right. story there There'd be no shocker. There'd be, you know, you, oh, oh, I have the answer for you. Great. Thanks. The Groot's Lane Guards, a hidden stash of diamonds. I am Groot. I am Groot. That was what I heard, too. Groot's Lane. Groot's Lane, okay. Lang. Lang. In South Africa. Lang. <laughs> Sorry, that's just how I heard it. I know it's not from Germany, but. In South Africa, legend has it that there is a diamond cave hidden deep beneath the Richtersveld, a rocky mountainous region in the country's northwest corner. No one has ever excavated it because the monster that guards its entrance is so terrifying that many would, many would-be explorers refuse to go near it. And those that have tried... Most of them were never seen or heard from again. Of course not. The monster is known as the Grootsling, and it's described as a giant 50-foot snake with diamonds for eyes. Ooh. It bursts straight out of hell to protect the cave and make sure the treasure stays safely oh, below wait, ground. that's it? It's a snake with diamond eyes? Yeah. I thought I mean, we were going to get a little bit more than that. I mean, I'm yeah, disappointed but why personally. does it have diamond eyes? Use your imagination. And why is it coming out? Is it, come, is it just comes out of the ground from hell? Yeah, what's it, what's it really protecting? Why is it protecting that treasure, dude? And why are they keeping it here? You know? Isn't there like a better a better okay. place to is there not the a treasure room in hell for them to keep their their trophies i mean yeah i mean it's it's pretty crowded down there it's a little crowded yeah i, I don't know uh, the, the devil's got it in, on but... layaway but he hasn't been able to come pick the cave up yet uh i did so hear that he has watching it he's got a lot of sports teams down there he's uh you know they've won a lot of championships the trophy room's a little full yeah yeah they don't have room for it the treasure room is stocked to the brim <laughs> 
Diamonds for eyes, though, I thought was kind of cool. Yeah, no, that's but really I thought cool. that was pretty interesting. Could you imagine a 50-foot snake comes up out of the ground at you, and it, when it finally turns, it's just diamonds for eyes? Well, think about it this way. Maybe its eyes aren't made of diamonds, but they're just very reflective, like black eyes. Ooh. And since it's in a diamond cave, surrounded by diamonds, what do or you see? is it more That's like smog from The Hobbit, and it just like smashed its eyes into the diamonds and <laughs> rolled it around? And That's now funny. It's we've got a we've got a fun over. little mix of ideas. I like it bejeweled its eyes. Yeah. <laughs> what, what if? Uh, I thought maybe like the eyes actually were diamonds, but like the snake wasn't an actual snake, and the snake was like a statue or a carving of something of a okay. snake. Ooh, a robot. A robot snake. There That's probably we go. What it diamonds make diamond sense. A you ro- know, electronic robot lasers. snake with diamond eyes. I feel like we got an album coming here. Robot snake with diamond eyes. The snake with Robots diamond eyes. Robots in the sky with diamonds. Okay. Nice. Um, <laughs> nice. What's your country, Josh? Germany. Hey, this is all inspired by Grimm's fairy tales. Uh, we kind of. Excellent. I think this whole episode was kind of inspired by that and uh, those yeah, tales kind of, or like whatever. Disney, Grimm, when we were looking around classics. and stuff. Yeah, we kind of looked into like nursery rhymes and things, but I obviously, I didn't want to go for the ones that were mainstream that are like all the Disney movies are after and everything kind of wanted to be a little Why more not? obscure about it because we all know Josh, about those. you know I love Disney. That's true. Maybe we'll, we'll put it up for maybe a, for a future episode, Ryan. We'll <laughs> I would also specifically... Uh, I'd also like to point out real quick, uh, I wish we had more nursery rhymes in here. I know we don't, but why is it, it, like, is there a nursery rhyme anywhere in all of history that doesn't have some sort of, like, really dark and messed up meaning that we didn't know about? Like, oh, anyway, sorry, keep going. Yeah, and, you know, I was thinking about, like, all these nursery rhymes that we were looking into, and I started making up my own nursery rhymes about fucked up shit that's been happening more, like, in our day and age. Yeah. And they're not... Uh, suitable for our podcast but (laughs) (laughs) they were pretty dark Um, he was orange his hands were small (laughs) he (laughs) took the office and fucked us all (laughs) (laughs) tell us how you really feel oh my god oh my god hot takes wow love it that was amazing dude well done my guy (laughs) All right, just a silky smooth segue on, into my first day real quick. Thank silky you. smooth segue into my first story here. Uh, the poor boy and the grave by obviously the. I, the, I don't know. Colin's folklore sounded a little grim. bit more scary. <laughs> yeah, right. that, that is much more terrifying. <laughs> The Poor Boy and the Grave. The tale isn't as grotesque as a lot of the Brothers Grimm stories were, but it's definitely dark, as almost all of them were, I believe. It's a story of a boy and his misfortune. An orphan boy is handed to a greedy, rich husband and his wife to be looked after. The husband soon finds out the boy is not really good at any deed. Now, that's th- that already, like, starting off, you're like, uh, wait, what? And he's like, this is obviously just a uh, tool to get things done you know yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, he's he's expecting the kid to like do things around the house turns out the kid sucks at everything so it turns out the boy's not good at any deed whatever task he's given uh he manages to mess it up it sounds like he's kind of maybe accident prone not very particularly uh skillful boy so each time the boy (laughs) each time the boy messes up he is abused one day tired of his lack of abilities the husband tells the boy that if he messes up again he's going to be beaten once more 
Alas, the boy does his deed wrong. Terrified, he decides to take his own life before giving his caretaker the opportunity to do so. He recalls the wife hiding a poison under the bed, which was actually honey. She told everyone it was poison so people would stay away from it. That seems really weird to me, but I'm sure it's a era sort of thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Realizing he is not dying, it was not in fact poison, the boy recalls that the husband has poison for flies. This poison turns out to be wine. So he's twice now failed to uh, to kill himself. Oh, Honey wow. and wine. So now drunk out of his mind, the innocent boy thinks that he's dying. He begins to dig a grave for himself. Oh, I like where this is going. Before falling into the grave and dying there. Oh, so he actually he did actually end up dying. He actually does dying. And, you know, but that, ironically, not from the things that he thought would I don't kill him. think so I maybe mean maybe alcohol from alcohol poisoning? poisoning that was the only thing I could think too yeah you know I, I honestly think like don't don't drink your parents alcohol is that right is that the moral well, of the and story look clearly I was paraphrasing this is not the actual like how it was actually put and I honestly I started to wonder though I was like I, depending on how it was written it just seems like these guys can't end a story in a happily ever after scenario <laughs> oh no. fuck no so it's like well someone's gotta die well the boy dies right yeah. you know like, but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but the boy I, th- dies. I think the moral of it, because all of these have a sort of moral. These were all made for children oh, yeah, to yeah. like have, you know, Scare learning lessons. Them, yeah, you know? and I think this one was to not drink your parents' alcohol, obviously. Yeah, or uh, you know, and to Steal not your be a shithead, and to, to, to do better at the deeds that your yeah, I guess father yeah. that put you to or whatever, which yeah. is extremely insensitive Try and wrong. Harder. But yeah, uh, do better. I, I don't know. A lot of the time, though, like there isn't really a moral. Sometimes the story is just kind of a reflection of the time. I just I thought it was funny that he just died up and died because I was on the same page that you were where I thought that he was going to think he was dying and like fall down in the grave not die and like his parents find him like yeah anyway yeah, I thought a, something really weird know, was going to happen with alternate that alternate like, ending you know <laughs> maybe for the future uh, yeah yeah but I mean it's still I, I love the, the concept of him like getting drunk and he thinks he's dying but he's not and yeah. like yeah right, I don't know right that one wasn't super gory it was just dark but one of the goriest tales written by the Brothers Grimm was the Juniper Tree which at first uh, I've, I, I've heard about this one but I've never read up on it well and at first I actually thought that because I was looking for obscure Grimm's uh, fairy tales and at first I thought that I had just found uh, Snow White and it turns out that this wasn't uh, the actual inspiration for Snow White but there were some weird similarities and I think it's just it has to do with symbolism of that time in that area in Germany I'm not really positive but the story goes a wealthy and pious couple pray every day to God for a child the wife's wish is granted but she becomes ill during the pregnancy she dies during the birth and the husband buries her beneath a juniper tree he eventually marries again and he and his new wife have a daughter the new wife despises his stepson and this is where the, the yeah the very traditional uh, evil stepmother step yeah. comes into play, which is over and over in these Grimm's fairy tales. And of course, in this one, she abuses him every day, claiming that she wishes her daughter to inherit her father's wealth instead of her stepson. So, you know, her stepson, she wants to cut him out of the will. One afternoon after school, the stepmother plans to lure her stepson into an empty room containing a chest of apples. She's basically going to give the boy an apple, but she's like, they're in the chest. You got to go get them. And uh, apparently he's a uh, real gullible. So when the boy enters the room and reaches into the chest for an apple, the mother slams the lid onto his neck, decapitating him. Whoa! There's kind of a... This is all uh, uh, kind of trying to make a long story short because this one was actually rather long uh, compared to some of the other stories by them. But the stepmother ends up dismembering the stepson's body 
cooks him into a stew for dinner, and the husband unwittingly eats the stew, proclaim and pro- uh, proclaiming it to be delicious. Oh, oh my gosh! Wow. So totally unknowing, he eats the stew, and I think she makes up some story about him being over at like her uncle's grandpa's house down across. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah, I don't fucking yeah, know. Yeah. Wow! Uh, but convinces the dude that he's out for the night, and he ends up eating him. Whoa! After the daughter, after dinner, the daughter gathers the bones uh, from the dinner and buries them under the same juniper tree in the backyard. Oh. oh! Suddenly, a mist emerges from the juniper tree, and a beautiful bird flies out. The bird visits the local townspeople and sings about its brutal murder at the hands of its stepmother. The bird eventually drops a millstone. I, this is really abridging because this things get real fucking get, weird. Get once real the weird. bird, <laughs> once the bird is in there, like a lot of this is put into like sing song rhymes that the bird like goes around town so anyway uh eventually this bird drops a millstone onto the mother's head killing her or stepmother's head rather he'd be very angry if he heard me say mother uh killing her instantly surrounded by smoke and flames the son revealed to be the bird emerges and reunites with his family they celebrate and head inside for lunch and live heavily happily ever after so i guess i actually kind of backpedal on what i said there before only like a a small bit well and how is it like the most gruesome of the brothers Grimm's story actually in ends happily ever after. Well, how does it that yeah. he comes back to life? What yeah, is he that? just he just poof. I'm not a bird anymore. I'm a little boy. All good. All I'm better. a real boy. I'm a real boy. See, I feel like a lot of Grimm's tales are like this, where like they have this really good start, where you're like, oh man, they're going, they're going. What's gonna be the crazy twist at the end? And then it's just some weird like Deus Ex or like yeah. just like some weird shit happens that's not really that crazy. Right. Like for instance, like him going around telling all the townsfolk that the stepmom killed him and everything. I assumed like the town was gonna turn on her and like yeah, I'm, right. I'm like they would have done something. something. No, he ends up collecting three items. He collects an item from the candle maker, the shoemaker, uh, the cobbler, or whatever, and from something fucking else. It doesn't it's, really it's matter. But he ends up he co- goes, uh, the miller. He goes through like all of these things and like is telling all of the townsfolk about the murder and everything. And he's like, you know, what? I'll just kill her. I got, <laughs> I got this. Well, he maybe does he kill her with the millstone to... from the miller. Okay, right. so that's fair. That's and maybe fair. he just needed everybody to like know the truth. You you know? Well, yeah, right, yeah, that's right. A big part of it, right? Absolutely, you know that that vindication or whatever, the yeah, revenge. Absolutely. Yeah, and I looked a lot into all of the symbolism, and obviously, all of these single, every like almost every single one of these stories has some sort of breakdown on like the internet or Wikipedia oh, that yeah. you can look into, you know. And this one, you know, there was stuff all over the place. Obviously, he is the bird and all this shit. And uh, the the main thing that I really wanted to mention was that the stepmother, in this case, and not in all of their stories, but in this particular story, she was supposedly the personification of the devil himself of lucifer himself okay okay so weird okay interesting mention was we've been loving bringing you the spooky and creepy on the spook yeah and uh, we've got you know obviously we've got one more coming up it's gonna be right before halloween it's gonna be a mentionable mystery big mentionable mystery always this is an awesome subject even just like the brothers Grimm in general like i mean africa had some really cool stuff definitely a subject i'd like to return return to so maybe like next year or something we, yeah. we just kind of do the you same just pick thing a couple more that's actually not a bad idea i mean obviously the grim's fair i don't want to go through maybe <laughs> not specifically like grim's fairy tales or whatever but like there are a lot of those to pick and choose from i'm sure the same goes with like yeah. you know some of the places that you guys came from we could pick different places around the world yeah that's a great idea yeah, yeah. we have one more week of uh spooky and then we're off to uh 
I guess being thankful. I think that's the only thing that's really good about giving it. Giving thanks. Yeah, giving thanks. And eating and food. And we do give much thanks to you guys. Uh, check out our Spotify's, our Apple's, our Google's. Make sure you uh, give us a subscribe and a like and, you know, all those things. Hit the bell. Uh, give us a rating. That's right. You can check out our Instagram at not to mention pod, and you can also check out our Facebook at not to m. That is the number two. We have a YouTube channel, even though there's not a whole lot going on there. And we have a webpage, www.nottomention.com podcast.com and if you have any quests comments or concerns you can get a hold of us at not to mention pod at gmail.com we'd love to hear from you every thursday 6, 6 a.m. a.m thanks everybody see you next week